Hello guys, this is uh, Mike here with Miles. This is the Football Diary podcast, end of Premier League season special. And the quicksand of relegations finally caught up with Leeds United and Leicester City as they slide into the championship on the final day. The futures of both of these clubs we'll be talking about on this podcast quickly, as well as the other thing up for debate in the Premier League on the final day, which was the last European space, which Aston Villa absolutely stole in the last game uh, with a fantastic win over Brighton. So we'll be talking about how they'll react to finishing in seventh and what their season in the uh, Europa Conference League will look like as well. But we'll start with the relegation places, Miles, because that was the big story of this final day. Leicester City are, re- are the real shock, I think, just because the sort of value of their squad. Um, it's crept up on them, hasn't it, relegation? And I think they've not really taken it that seriously until now. So once the dust has settled from yesterday, how do you think they'll move forward? It's going to be a really difficult job for whoever ends up in charge of Leicester next season because, like you say, this squad doesn't seem prepared for a championship fight. We don't know who's even going to be there next season. There are a lot of players out of contract. We're looking at the likes of Harvey Barnes and James Madison and thinking they'll probably move on as well. So what Leicester's squad will even look like next season could be completely unrecognisable. Mm. And that's really weird from a neutral point of view to think about Leicester because coming off the back of, and it's Leicester fans will be sick of us talking about it to a degree, coming off the back of the title winning season and the FA Cup win, there were a few names that just were constantly around that squad that you got really familiar with. We might be looking at a completely different team soon. It's it's mental. I just, I, all season, I've just assumed Leicester would have enough to get themselves out of it because that squad is far too good to be relegated in theory. Yeah, But it's, it's fallen apart at the worst moment, hasn't it? Well, there's a lot being said of, how and why this even happened? Because, I mean, an eighth place finish last season, Brendan Rodgers at the time was just admitting, you know, they need a few more signings to kick on. And those signings never mm. really came. So there's question marks over, you know, the financial state of the club and whether they could have invested better, uh, if at all, because they left it till the last, last moment of transfer deadline day to sound out fast, didn't they? And that, that was mm. their only signing in the summer. So, yeah, a difficult start to the season. And I think mentally and psychologically, it felt like with a few players dwindling down their last year of their contract. Maybe this wasn't going to be a season for them to succeed in in any aspect, really. And it's actually been worse than that. They've not just found no real consistency or anything momentum-wise from last season. They've slid so far down that they've got relegated. And Mm. it is a shock, I think, to to everybody, including themselves. I think they look surprised in all the post-match interviews after beating West Ham to be relegated. Um, Mm. It's devastating for the club. But financially... (laughs) It, there's hints there that they they were struggling like this season with mm. with making ends meet and you know trying to maintain that top ten finish and with every other team around them improving it was kind of no surprise really that they were going to finish in the bottom half but mm. why relegation do you think why is the bottom three place being realistic for them now in this last few weeks because like I say it's crept up. They've been unfortunate in some areas. There's been injuries to key players at really pivotal times that that have hurt them. But I think looking at their summer and how poor the recruitment was, those players that are coming towards the end of their time at Leicester, it reaffirms that, doesn't it? Mm. If you look at the club you're at and see such a lack of ambition and you're someone like Yuri Tielemans, who's still relatively young, will have a very successful career undoubtedly. Are you really that invested in Leicester this season? Not to say he's not been trying. I, don't, I think that would be a bit harsh to level up players in the last year of their contract. But when you're facing financial difficulty and you're letting assets just completely run their contract down and then not doing anything to improve on that squad, it's a dangerous position. Yeah. Look at someone like Iosi Perez. Now, he's been out on loan the second half of the season, but they spent £30 million on Perez. Mm. And he's out of contract in the summer as well. And you think... 
well, of course Leicester are struggling to recruit because if they're spending 30 million on Perez, I think it was 32 on Tielemans, and then those players are leaving on a free. Soyuncu's leaving on a free, a player that would have had much higher market value 12 months ago. Yeah. Leicester have kind of failed to capitalise on the value of some of those players, which is really odd for Leicester when you think about the sales of like Ben Chilwell, Harry Maguire, Riyad Mahrez and Kante. Although they wouldn't have wanted to lose those players, they, they brought in really sizable sums for them. And it yeah. felt like Leicester were really well run. And then all of a sudden, it looks like they've kind of panicked. I don't really know why Leicester are struggling for money. I think it's it, down it to the pandemic. Weird. I think that what I've heard is because King Power was so reliant on, well, it's a duty-free company, isn't it? So without any flights, mm. there's no duty-free. So they've struggled yeah. for income and cash flow. Yeah, so they've had sense. to make uh, other aspects of their businesses kind of tighten their belts a little bit. But that said, like you say, they could have capitalised on the value of some of their more high-value yeah. players at a different point. I mean, I'm sure Man City were interested in Soyuncu a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, they were. On the back of Harry Maguire leaving, Soyuncu came, became their best defender. So they could have sold him. Tielemans could have gone to Arsenal last season, right? I think mm. he, he was he's in line for them for his final year of yeah. his contract. They could have got 30 mil back for him easily. So, mm. yeah, mismanagement really at many levels. And I suppose that and, shows the naivety of the ownership not really being football club owners until now, really, doesn't yeah. it? And now as well, you're going to lose Madison for much cheaper than you would have if you were in the Premier League because every club knows he's available. He's not yeah. going to want to play championship football next season. You probably lose Harvey Barnes, who had Leicester stayed up. I wonder if Barnes would have stayed, to be honest. But there's no way he's playing championship football next season. I'd be amazed if that happened. Tielemans will go on a free, so Enchu will go on a free. And Leicester have got a rebuild from a position where they're losing Premier League money. They'll get the parachute payment, obviously. Mm-hmm. That might that might help them to a degree. But I don't know. It's going to be a funny old job with Leicester. And I don't know what, what they're going to have left. The irony is, I actually think if Smith had kept them in the Premier League, they would have replaced him as manager. Yeah. Now that they've gone down, I think he's probably the right man for the Leicester job. And that's such a weird feeling, isn't it? That essentially yeah. he's failed at the objective, but it's probably the best man for the job now. I hope they stick with him, to be honest. Although in his post-match, I think he said my remit was to keep them in the Premier League and I failed at doing that. And he yeah. almost had this resignation in his in his voice, like... I can't do any more with this squad and with this team. So I think even he felt it was probably unfairly dealt a hand at such a late level to do anything with it. And again, that raises the question about losing your manager at a certain point of the season. Is it worthwhile at a certain point or do you just stick out with what you've got? I mean, could Brendan Rodgers have done any better is the question. But we look forward, don't we, to see what Leicester can do in the Championship, which again, it's been a few years since they were in this situation. So... How they adapt will be interesting. I think knowing their reputation for scouting, they'll probably find some hidden gems in the football league they can call upon and to get enough to get them back up to the Premier League in the first couple of seasons, hopefully. But if they don't bounce back quickly, you don't know how long they're going to stay there. That's the nature of them. I have got faith that Leicester will be back quickly, if I'm honest. Mm. I think I think as a club, that they look they look the most proficient. And you, when the team goes down, there is always that worry of how long are they going to stay down. We'll talk about Leeds shortly, I'm sure. And I can see them staying down there for a few years again. Whereas Leicester, I do, I do think we'll see them back in the Premier League very quickly. I just think that they've got too much of a modern history that they, they can't afford to be out of the, the spotlight of the Premier League for long. And I think they will put a lot into getting back, whatever they can anyway. And if you think about all right, we're saying that they'll get reduced fees for players like Madison and Barnes. It's still going to be far more than any other championship club's going to be able to spend in the summer. So they've got the tools, they've got the stadium, they've got an amazing fan base, they've got a great culture around the club that might have 
diminished a little bit this season. But it's funny, I've seen it from Villa's point of view. When a big club goes through a period of losing games, losing games, losing games, Mm. the championship can be quite refreshing for a fan base to see the momentum build again. When Leicester fans are behind their team winning game week after week, things change there very quickly. They might actually come into the Premier League in a slightly better shape again if they can get promoted back. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree because I think we said the same with Southampton, really. They are probably in a good shape to to bounce back because they've got quite young players who are probably good for the level of the championship, actually. So they could dig them out of it if they stick that team together. Leicester are in a similar mm. position if they can manage that that fall in the short term, at least. But on to Leeds United, their relegation mm. seems absolutely inevitable. I think their panic installation of Sam Allardyce as manager was always a massive gamble. Felt like no lose for Allardyce because even if they got relegated, it was kind of true to form recently, isn't it, for him? He's not considered an elite manager anymore, or even a Premier League level manager. So... He, that's proved, one. he did, yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's the thing. He's been caught out. Leeds have been caught out for making such a, a bad decision on their part. And it's cost them massively because, mm. again, if they'd have stuck it, stuck it out with even Javi Gracia, who knows where they'd mm. have finished. But a talented squad that will no doubt be disbanded completely. They can't afford to pay some of the wages that they're paying their no. players at the minute in the championship. So what's the future look like for Leeds now, do you think? Leeds are a funny one because I look through that squad and I actually wonder how talented it is. They signed players with huge ceilings and huge bits of potential. And then I just I haven't seen anything from mm. some of them. There are a few players that will get picked off. You'd think Wilfred Notto will, will get a move back to the Premier League or maybe over to Italy. He'll, he can't be playing in the Championship next season. That would no. be ridiculous. Players like Weston McKenney, Tyler, McA- Tyler Adams... Um, can they move on as well? You'd imagine it would be it would be odd to see them not. Leeds will have to shift some of them, like you say, because the money they've spent on some players, Jorginho Rutter, mm. their record signing, they can't even play him because they can't afford to play him right now. So he'll he'll move on as well. And then you look at the rest of that Leeds squad, and actually a lot of it is what's left over from the Championship. Their defence against Spurs, it was woeful. It was so so bad. They they just they looked all over the place. I understand that once they were two down, they had to go forward and try and get something out of the game. But they left themselves so open at the back; it was embarrassing. Yeah, I'd, Leeds, I've got more worries for. I'll be honest. I think yeah. they'll lose a lot of players on quite cheap deals. I don't think they'll bring in much money. They haven't got a Madison or a Barnes that you look at and go, okay, they'll they'll recoup something there. They're actually going to make some pretty big losses, I think. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know what Leeds' plan is because their plan was Jesse Marsh, it seemed like. Yeah. They, they bought players around him and then just decided to sack that off. And I, I, I think they'll regret that now. I honestly think that, that that would have been better to keep him. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You've got this managerial influence from Jesse Marsh, from Javi Gracia and from Sam Allardyce. Mm. It's such a weird mix. And even Marcello no. Bielsa, there's a lot of his influence yeah, still yeah. there. So four very different coaches have influenced that team in, in a short space of time. So who are Leeds United anymore? I really don't know. They need to think about their identity in the same way that probably Burnley did this season. Uh, you know, reinvent themselves, have a coach and back him in a style mm. that's going to get them out of the championship, first of all. Also prepare for the mm. fact that they might be there for over a, a season or more. Because mm. I think bouncing back with the amount of competition in the championship, you know, there's the likes of Sunderland and Middlesbrough didn't even get up this season. So, and obviously joining them in, in the championship will be Leicester and Southampton, who both look quite promising to come back up as well. Yeah. So it's competitive uh, and I think they'll struggle, mm. to be honest. But one team that's I not getting relegated, one team that's not getting relegated is Everton. 
Um, they survived through uh, just having to win, and they did what they had to do. A fantastic goal, though, wasn't it, to keep them to keep them up? And great scenes at the final whistle as well. Even though the fans got a bit too overzealous once the final whistle blew, uh, but massive relief at Goodison, surely. Yeah, and Abdullah Decore is such a funny player, isn't he? He's had so many ups and downs. It feels like in his career, but he took the goal phenomenally well. Yeah. The 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 finish. I mean, he was given a lot of space on the edge of the box. If we're honest. Uh, it wasn't the best defending by Bournemouth, but he got himself into a great position and you could see what he wanted to do the whole way through. The concentration, the focus, the placement, it was brilliant. And it's funny because Daesh's comments afterwards kind of reiterate what we're saying. I think that it feels weird to celebrate that they've stayed up by the skin of their teeth because actually yeah. you're probably in for another season of misery next year. And it's it's bittersweet, isn't it? That day you're celebrating the fact that you're not quite the worst three teams in the league. Mm. So it's a weird thing to celebrate. It's not really much of an achievement, but it feels like it right now to the players that played their part in it, but maybe not to the fans and the coach once the dust settles, once they kind of take a picture of where Everton are now. Is there anything to say that Everton won't be in exactly this position again next season, if not worse? That's a good question because, I mean, we always said when Sean Dyche was appointed, he'd probably be great for getting them out of the league. To be fair, he's only done that by the skin of his teeth. I thought he'd be further away from trouble than he actually was. So he's only just fulfilled that that remit, really. But is he the guy to lead Everton out of the the bottom five, six teams and into sort of mid-table? Probably not. What is his ceiling? Mm. Um, Is a similar kind of manager, I think, to David Moyes, who has actually got West Ham out of trouble, but he's probably reached his ceiling, which is another story. But is Sean Dyche the guy to lead Everton into new territory next season? Well, it depends on what Everton's plans for the summer are as well, because they're still mm. facing financial charges. They're building the new stadium at the moment. I can't see them investing in that squad again. It could be another summer where West Ham, um, where Everton sorry, just can't put money into the squad that they need to. And they haven't really got many sellable assets now, have they? Mm. Maybe Pickford, who, who saved them on the last day, by the way. He, yeah, was, he, he was clearly their best player. Um, other than that, is there anyone in that Everton squad? Maybe Anana, Calvert Lewin could but still you... command a fee, but I mean, again, his, his track record with sure injury. Who knows? Yeah. You'd take a gamble on him. It, it would be an expensive gamble for mm. someone that would. And Everton, last time Everton went out and bought a striker, it was Neil Morpay. So, <laughs> would you trust Everton to reinvest that money properly into a good striker? Because they sold Richarlison last summer, did nothing with it, made themselves worse. They sold Gordon in January. Yeah, we've not seen a replacement for that yet. It's I don't know with Everton. I, I feel like although the, it feels good to stay in the Premier League and you you want to be there, it's just going to be more of the same next year. But again, it might have been even worse if they dropped to the Championship. I'm not sure how they would have fared down there. So sorry for a bit of a negative take on Everton winning a game and surviving, but. I don't think Everton fans are that positive about it, are they? No, well, it's no different to how they finished last season, really, under Frank Lampard, isn't it? So, yeah, we'll see how they uh, kick on. But um, a couple of teams that are going to kick on next season, you'd imagine, after the season they've had, for different reasons as well, is Tottenham, who obviously beat Leeds to get them relegated 4-1 in a really positive way to end their season. Uh, And also, obviously, Aston Villa, who have taken that final European spot, finishing in seventh place, that seems so unlikely, didn't it, in November when Unai Emery took over. His progress and as, as Villa manager since that time has been amongst some of the best performances of any team and any manager in that period. And to finish seventh, one point away from a Europa League place as well is incredible. So that achievement alone deserves, I think, him being probably manager of the season. And obviously you're going to say that. But even as a neutral, I don't think there's many that have surpassed that, that kind of ex- expectation that he had, which at the time was very low, let's face it, from taking over from Steven Gerrard. 
but to finish the season in a European place, going on a European tour, Miles, how are you feeling? It's it's incredible. I, I can't believe it that we've managed to secure it because although people will say Brighton are on the beach, they drew against Man City midweek and they'd already secured the, their place in Europe, really. So it, it was, still wasn't an easy game by any means, but we did what we needed to do. We played incredibly well. It wasn't a backs against the wall, just trying to hold out for any kind of messy result you can. They played some excellent football again. And that's what Emery's got us doing. It's it's phenomenal. He came in, I think we've got nine points from 11 games under Gerrard, which is just, it's ludicrous. And in yeah. 25 games, Emery's managed to pick up 49 points. That, that, phenomenal. I, that's two points a game, nearly, for Aston Villa considering we looked like we were in a relegation battle at the start of the season. He has to get manager of the season. To put it into context, Deserby, one of the other con- uh, con- candidates for manager of the season, took over Brighton at a point where they were already kind of pushing for Europe. True. And he's done incredibly well with it. But he's got 49 points in 32 games. Emery's managed that exact same points tally with Villa in seven less games. That's He has to be manager of the season. He's The achievement for Villa to find themselves back into Europe after a long time out, yeah. For a club that should be knocking on the door of European football, it's it's phenomenal. And although it's not the elite competition or even the one that maybe a lot of Villa fans would have hoped for, missing out by a point this season will invest well in the summer. I can I can see us going again for it next year, absolutely. And look at how much it's galvanised West Ham towards the end of the season, having a good run in that competition. Yeah. Villa should go all the way in the Conference League. I was going to say the only other team that might stand in the way, are Juventus, really, and maybe Severe if they drop into it, but. You've got to be confident as yeah. Aston Villa going into that tournament. I was going to say, from a looking into next season perspective, I mean, Emery didn't have that many funds in January, did he, to strengthen his squad? And you'd imagine that that would have been the reason why they performed so well in this latter half of the season. Yeah. But it's not. I mean, he's coached so many of them players to be better. Looking at yeah. Douglas Louise for a start, he's a different player, isn't he, under Emery? Yeah. He's, he's always had it in him to perform the way he has. But probably, well, he's their player of the season, isn't he, for, for yeah, Aston he Villa? Um, Jacob Ramsey is as well fantastic Ollie Watkins we've spoken about him in depth what kind of coaching things do you think he's done specifically to make these players better he's an absolute genius as as a coach that's on show now the the amount he's got out of these players is incredible but what's the secret do you think his meticulous attention to detail definitely helps and I think the fact that he's got a style that he wanted to implement on that team but is aware of how that will work against his opponent as well so it's very consistent you see Villa playing now with a high line playing their way out from the back when they're on the ball and then midfield, they're sort of, they play with four central midfielders. Two of them start to drift out wide to open mm. space up for Ollie Watkins. That's pretty consistent, no matter who your opponent is. However, even like this weekend against Brighton, you know that Brighton's danger comes from midfield, from Casado, uh, McAllister, now they've got uh, Ciso. But Villa was so compact at times when they needed to be and just, they just control the ball. It looks like there's always an option for them and their movement is so much more fluid now. Anything was an improvement on what we had, if we're totally honest. If we look at Villa's last two coaches, I love Dean Smith and I thought he did a great job at Villa, but a big part of his game was being very motivational, having a star player that he knew he could get the ball to and trying to play around that realistically. Gerard came in had no style, no substance. I still don't know what his tactics were now. Yeah. Emery's come in and given them a clear plan. And they are good players. If you look at Villa's squad on paper, they should never have been in a relegation battle at the start of the season. It's a phenomenal squad. And he's getting the best out of players that we knew had those potentials. Douglas Sui is the perfect example. I think he's on five goals, five assists under Emery alone. 
this season wow. from a player that plays in holding midfield sometimes. He's one of the, the two in a pivot very often. But he he just, he's unlocked that potential that we saw Guardiola had seen in, in Douglas Louise. And for him to be player of the season after we nearly lost him to Arsenal in the summer, that's incredible. Ramsey got young player of the season again and really well-deserved. He was outstanding against yeah, Brighton. He he's ended the season so, so well. He scored in both of his last games. He, he definitely should have scored in this one. He blazed one over the bar from about two yards. But his two assists just show how intelligent he is as a midfielder yeah. at a very, very young age already. The assist for Watkins in particular was... That was such a lovely goal to watch. It's a beautiful ball from Bailey to him in the first place, which just shows you know who's willing to make the advance run. Bailey dropping that deep and playing a ball onto a midfielder running through, that's a very Emery thing. It's it's being willing to, to move around into different areas. It's almost like total football style. And his awareness to find Watkins rather than kind of selfishly have a puppet goal, that's an advancement in Ramsey's game. Mm-hmm. That's not something he would have done under Gerrard, to be totally honest. No. So yeah, it's, it's so exciting. And the potential is endless with this squad. Excitement for next season, clearly. But um, please do keep uh, abreast of our channel if you can on YouTube because we'll be going through all of the Premier League clubs one by one just to do a review of their seasons and no doubt Miles will have plenty to say about Villa's season once we look back at the full picture because you know we forget that Gerard was in charge for a while don't we so I wish I could yeah keep an eye out for that but another team that's that's worth kind of looking at their season because it's been such a strange one is Tottenham as well obviously they finished the season with a 4-1 win Harry Kane again once again dragging them through um He's always scoring on the final day. He did it this time as well against a really poor Leeds team, as we know. But where did Tottenham go now? Because they don't even know who's going to be in charge next season. I don't know who's going to want to touch the Tottenham project now. We've just seen Pochettino has been confirmed finally as Chelsea manager. So Tottenham can't even go back to him. I don't even know if he'd want to go back to them, to be fair. He probably prefers the Chelsea challenge more than the Tottenham one, weirdly. But mm. Tottenham season in a nutshell is hard to describe, isn't it? Because they've had so many changes and dropped from you know third and fourth at one point to where they are now in eighth. It's been a mad one, hasn't it, for Tottenham fans? A bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, I think I can summarise it in one word, if I'm honest, Mike. Shambles. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fallen apart in so many ways. And they started the season with an elite coach, a squad of players that might have been considered elite in some areas in particular, if you're thinking about their attacking players and it's just fallen apart for them. And this result, it's not a surprise that Tottenham won this game, if we're honest, because it's such a Spurs thing to do this season that when when it was out of their hands, they they stepped it up. And the last few weeks is where Tottenham's season fell apart. The fact that Harry Kane has just equaled his best ever goal-scoring season with Spurs and got 30 Premier League goals and they're going to finish eighth. It's, it's a joke. It shows what a weak spine they've got up until that point. Their midfield has just been too poor all season. Their defence is shocking. It needs a massive overhaul. And they've got no plan because we're back to that Spurs thing that happened last summer or the summer before, sorry, where they just approached any manager that was available Seems with like no it. clear plan of what they wanted to do. They got turned down eight times. That's happening again now. They've been turned down by Poch, apparently. They've mm. been turned down by Nagelsmann. They've been turned down by Luis Enrique. Now Arnie Slot's turning them down. I, who knows? I said from day one, I can see Potter ending up at Spurs. Yeah. And if it doesn't affect his Chelsea payoff too much, then I think that will happen in the summer. It'll be him or Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I think so. Or someone like that. that yeah. It's going to be a panic in the end of, okay, 
we'll just get what we can. And that's wrong. Mm. If you look at Brighton, one of the reasons Brighton was so successful is because they already knew who their next manager was, even when Potter left. And they didn't even sack Potter. He, he left them unexpectedly. But they were prepared. They know what kind of football they want to play. They know where they want to kick on. And they targeted a manager. Can you say that Spurs are doing that? Because no. it doesn't seem like that. No. Well, and now they're going to have a summer rebuild with with a new manager. Inevitably, no Harry Kane. He, he's got to leave now. Mm. He has to look at this and say, he can't afford a season out of Europe. If he's no. trying to win a trophy, fair. But this isn't the time for it. It just absolutely isn't. No. Well, it's one of those things where he's, he's talked about his personal records for a while, saying his love, love for the club has always been the thing that's kind of shone through. But there's only so much you can do at his age and, and accept that that's all he's going to finish with his personal accolades, isn't it? And hmm. I think at the time, it's definitely right for him to move on. Where he goes next, who knows? It looks like it may be Manchester United. I think he will stay in the yeah. Premier League as well, which makes sense for him yeah. pursuing that goal-scoring record, doesn't it? But yeah, a strange season for Spurs nonetheless. But um Let's talk about the teams coming up to the Premier League, in particular Luton Town, who won the Championship playoff this weekend in dramatic fashion with a penalty shootout, 6-5 over Coventry City. It was a bit of an even game, really, wasn't it? I think they've drawn both their games in the league this season, so we knew it was going to be close. And it took penalties to, to separate them, which is always the worst way to kind of lose out, especially in a Championship playoff, the most expensive, lucrative game in world football. But Luton Town, we've said this already, haven't we? What an amazing story for them. It's going to be a big adjustment to get to the Premier League for them, isn't it? I think once the dust has settled, they'll look at the stadium, for example, and go, we probably need a good 20 million invested in, in this for a start. Um, their squad is not really prepared for championship fo- uh, for Premier League football, a bit like Nottingham Forest were last season as well. So some investment needed there. But you can't take away from the story that Luton have told. You know, Coming from the doldrums of the National League to where they are now is incredible. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous that we're talking about Luton Town as a Premier League club, to be honest. Yeah, and it would have been whoever had got got that place in the playoff final. Is it's it that's what it's there for the playoff, and I, I love that added drama that all of a sudden someone that's I mean Luton have finished third, so they deserve it. Yeah, but the openness of that game and the fact that either of those teams could have got through it was so exciting, and it always is. And I think the the what happened on the pitch as well always influences how the fans feel. And all of a sudden, Luton became the favourites. Watching yeah. one of your own players hit the deck like that, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing to watch. And we saw how much that galvanised Denmark, for example, mm. in the Euros when they went on to success. And, and Luton have managed to do the same. And for someone like Rob Edwards, who was managing their biggest rivals at the start of the season, removed, and now he's in the Premier League, Watford fans must be absolutely furious yeah. But a, an amazing achievement for him, like to to come in and take over from Nathan Jones, the self-proclaimed best manager in European football, or something ridiculous, <laughs> and to take them that step further, the, the yeah. step they missed out on so so narrowly last season. Luton fans can't believe their luck. Surely, no. I think their addition to the Premier League is is one of the things that makes the both the top leagues in England so magical because the Championship title running in particular was quite tight. The yeah. playoff running went to the final day. The fact that Luton are now in the Premier League and seeing their name in the the Premier League table is going to feel so strange, isn't it? Yeah. And like you say, to see Coventry there would have been the same. But I mean, that's what keeps it interesting and unpredictable English football. And uh, we've got mm. the, I think after we record today, we've got the League One playoffs to happen still, yeah. um, which is what Sheffield Wednesday playing. And, that, you know, they've had a fantastic run to that as well. Yeah. So. English football is an exciting place to be at the minute. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be one to, to watch next season, I think. But Obviously, 
obviously me being biased, I just really want to quickly shout out to Marvellous Nakamba as well, who True. went out on loan to Luton from Villa and has just been phenomenal for them. And I love him. I think he's a great player. I can't see him being part of that Villa squad next season. So if Luton can hold on to him in the Premier League, they've got themselves a really, really good defensive midfielder. And for a club coming up, having a solid base, we've seen is a really important thing of trying to secure safety. True. And he could be a really big part of that. So it was nice for me to see him score his penalty in and make such an impact at Luton. Under such pressure as well. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. I was going to move on to, to Germany quickly. I don't know if you saw what went on there yeah. on the final day, but not only in the, oh, in the Bundesliga itself, but the Bundesliga 2 as well. I don't know if you saw the uh, drama in the Bundesliga 2. Hamburg thought they'd seal promotion on the final day. Their game finished first, but their fans started going on the pitch celebrating and it turned out they weren't promoted at all in the end. Their nearest so rivals so ended up winning. So they were all on the pitch in tears, all these fans invading the pitch and then suddenly taken away from them. So there was that drama. But obviously in the yeah. Bundesliga itself, Dortmund losing on the final day to Bayern Munich. Oh. I mean, I know we want there to be a competition in every league, right? And obviously to go to the final day is, is, is better for the Bundesliga to see. But for Dortmund, how heartbreaking is that? Yeah, absolutely. And in such frustrating fashion, mm. that it just never should have come down to that. It was in their hands. All they needed was a win. And, and they couldn't produce it. And even when Sula scored in the 95th minute and you thought, it's just it's just a little bit too late. They're not going to be able to pull it out. But you had this moment of maybe there could be something. And obviously Musiala obviously got a goal really late for Bayern. At that point, it looked like there could have been something. But oh, it's heartbreaking. And for that squad, when you consider that they lost Erling Haaland and Akanji to Man City in the summer, it's very clear that Jude Bellingham is going to Real Madrid, which is probably why he didn't feature at all in this game, yeah. which I thought was... Shocking, to be honest. Someone like Marco Royce, who's never won the Bundesliga, he wasn't there in their last their last title win. Oh, Sebastian Haller missing the penalty as well after yeah. the the comeback he's had and the phenomenal phenomenal impact he's had at Dortmund, overcoming the most horrible obstacles that that a person can overcome, let alone being a footballer. Oh, it's it's. It's cool. gut wrenching, and and you watch Bayern's season. I don't want them to win the league. Like they've been no. a mess, really. Obviously, they removed Nagelsmann at a point where they probably could have been on for a treble, and it looked like they were going to come away with nothing. Their squads fighting each other. They seem really well ill equipped to to kick on anywhere further in Europe. And yeah, they, they scrape a title, and it just feels like the inevitable happened. It's such yeah. a shame. I'm gutted for Dortmund. It's al- it's almost, but not exactly the same as the way Arsenal fell away in the Premier League. You're kind of cheering on a team to actually break the status quo, and yeah, to see it snatched away on the final days, heartbreaking. But buying on the back of that, I've actually sacked Oliver Kahn and Hassan Salihamidzic yeah. as well. So obviously, they've seen in hindsight that probably wasn't the best decision to to remove Nagelsmann mm. as well because it actually made them worse temporarily, didn't it? Absolutely. And it's funny because Oliver Kahn's comments beforehand were, no, I'll definitely be here next season. I'm going to be here next season. And you wonder where Bayern go from here because they won the title essentially because Dortmund fell apart in the last game rather than because they did anything too spectacular. They crashed out of Europe when they really shouldn't have. And this is that's not a very Bayern Munich thing to do. They need yeah. to do something to rebuild in the summer. You think about someone like Sadio Mane, who was meant to be their big impact player. Does he have to move on now? It looks like Joshua Kimmich might move on as well. He's being linked mm. with moves everywhere. It's Thomas Muller's getting older. There are players to build a squad around there, but they're going to need some heavy investment, aren't they? I wonder if they'll be looking at Harry Kane themselves. Definitely, yeah. talk of Victor Osimhen as well, isn't there? Victor Osimhen to, to Bayern seems 
one of the more likely moves actually for him, I think. So yeah. who knows where Brian will be next season. Yeah, interesting one to look for. Um, but that's it for the Premier League season as well. It's been uh, an interesting one to do a podcast for. It always is, it feels like. But yeah, this one probably more so. With the World Cup in the middle of it, it's been it's yeah. going to be a strange one to look back on. But please do look out for our reviews of every team of the season, as we mentioned earlier, because they will be dropping in the next few weeks. Um, as we look at each team in one by one, just to see what their seasons panned out like versus expectation, I guess. Uh, other things to look forward to, we've got the Women's World Cup in the summer, which we'll no doubt be talking about, as well as our team of the season, which is all to come on our YouTube channel. So please do hop over there now and hit subscribe if you can. But yeah, Premier League come to a close, Miles. Any final thoughts before we go? Any pearls of wisdom to dwell on the season? There's been a few of the highlights from the weekend, I suppose, that people will find funny. The fact that Arsenal managed to see a 5-0 win on the last day and Granite Xhaka kind of looks like signing off his time at Arsenal with two goals maybe should have been the three that's that's a brilliant thing for him they've done well Liverpool drew four all with Southampton was hilarious yeah, so I think that shows the state of both of those teams right now and my biggest thing was watching Rachel Daly pick up the golden boot and player of the season in the WSL so <laughs> yeah it's, it's been a great weekend it's been a phenomenal season one from a Villa f- fan's point of view I, I've enjoyed thoroughly with the World Cup mm. in the middle of it. it it always was going to be disjointed but yeah, it's, it's been a great season. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it end out with the FA Cup and the Champions League, just hoping that City don't pick up all three. But I don't know, man. It's It's been a pleasure to talk about it with you guys as well, see the podcast grow this year. And hopefully we can keep doing that next season, right? Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'm just going to say with the FA Cup next next week on the horizon, it's probably something that we'll have to talk about, whatever the result. But I'm really <laughs> not looking forward to that at all. To be in a cup final, but to face this Man City, yeah. The optimism should be there, but it's really not. But uh, we'll take it as it comes. And again, the Champions League yeah. final might be a procession to a treble as well. But we'll, we'll no doubt talk about that too to give City the credit they very thoroughly deserve, right? <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, salty remarks aside, that's it from us. Thank you for joining us for this epic season and we will see you soon. Cheers, Miles. Thanks, mate.